0: Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes Podcast, brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters, as always, and we are thrilled to be joined by Arizona Coyote skill development coach, Nathaniel Brooks. Nathaniel, welcome to the PHNX Coyotes Podcast.
3: Thanks for having me. Nathaniel,
2: I wanted to ask a uh, uh, I know that you're. We've, we've already established just off the air that you've returned back home, and that was a wise choice, obviously, given the heat here in Arizona. I was going to ask you about that, but we already know that you're a very intelligent man before we even start this interview. Uh, but if you could recount for us, what, what has this past week been like for you, you know, in this new role, and, and when
3: did you have a sense that this role was a possibility? So um, the past week, it was, it was a bit of a whirlwind. Everything happened fast. Uh, kind of thrown into development camp uh, at the last minute, but, you know, my experience last year definitely helped me through this year and to have a bigger role, you know, it was very exciting and, you know, get an opportunity to work with some great people from, uh, you know, the upper management through the coaches and, and the players that we have. Uh, it, it was, it was amazing.
2: It's not hard to figure out how a guy who was born in Richmond Hill starts playing hockey. It's just outside Toronto, um, it's produced some pretty big names, including Connor McDavid. I won't, won't run through the entire list. It's also given us general manager Bill Armstrong with the Coyotes. I'm going to ask you in a, in a little bit if you guys have compared notes on, on the neighborhood. But if you could take us through your hockey origin story, don't know a lot about that, how how it happened for you, what, what it looked like when you were a kid.
3: So um, I always wanted to play hockey as a little kid. And, you know, on my dad's side, hockey kind of ran in the blood. Um, you know, we're originally from Nova Scotia, uh, and I have, you know, ancestors who played in the Negro hockey league. So being part of that family hockey, it was always going to be a part of my life. And, uh, you know, I got my first pair of skates when I was four years old and started playing house league in Richmond Hill and, you know, came through the ranks and actually never played in Richmond Hill. When it came time to play rep hockey, I was, uh, let go. And I ended up going to the famous GTHL and grew up playing there for the Toronto Junior Canadians and the Young Nats. And, you know, the rest is kind of history.
0: What did you do uh, in the gap between the end of your playing days and the start of your coaching career?
3: So my wife and I, we were were actually having a baby in that gap, uh, (laughs) which is why, um, you know, I decided to step back from playing and focusing on, you know, building a life with my family. Uh, But I actually worked at a company called Jet Ice Um, and what they do is they install all the lines and the white ice paint and you know they kind of have a bit of a monopoly on that market they do all the NHL teams so I was actually you know an ice installer Um, I know it's not fancy or flashy but that's what I did for a little bit and you know in that time I got into coaching I mean I've been coaching you know player development and hockey schools since I was 15 16 years old but That's where I really uh, found my niche for coaching. I actually started out with a a single A team here in the city and every year built up um, and got into Ryerson pretty early on and worked my way up there. And it's it's brought me here with you guys.
1: Nathaniel, can you give us a quick recap of, of last year's development camp when you get the call from the Arizona Coyotes management and what that process was like to get you here the first time?
3: So the first time, um, you know, Kwame Mason reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I want to come and I want to take some video of you on the ice with your Ryerson guys, uh, with some of your minor hockey guys, but I can't tell you why, right? And I said, okay, you know, I have a day that's pretty busy. You can come and join. And um, we went through the whole day and it was like from morning to the evening and we were trying to find somewhere quiet in the arena to do this interview. And I was actually getting, you know, we laugh about it now, but I was actually getting a little bit annoyed because I just wanted to go home. Right? (laughs) Uh, And we finally found a quiet space in the gym upstairs uh, at Chesswood Arena. And, you know, Kwame ran me through some questions. And at the end, he handed me an iPad. um, And on the iPad, it was Bill, you know, inviting me as a guest coach. So it was a pretty emotional moment. You know, I'm somebody who you know, didn't get to play in the NHL, but uh, have been working towards kind of the NHL dream as a coach. And just to get, you know, that little tiny opportunity to spend six days, you know, at the level uh, was so amazing. And uh, I'll never forget that day.
2: I wanted to back up to your playing career a little bit. We, we skipped over that a little bit, um, but I know you played in both the OHL and you got a chance to play in the USHL in my hometown of yeah. Chicago for the Steel. I'm wondering, First of all, how, how that happened with, with the Steel in particular? How did you end up in the USHL, and what was that whole experience like when the league was really not like what it is now?
3: Right. Um, well, first thing I'll say is, you know, it just wasn't as well-known as it is now. It was a great league. Um, but how I ended up in both leagues, so I got drafted a little bit later uh, in the OHL and ended up playing Tier 2 Junior A. Uh, for the Markham Waxers. And I spent two years there um, and ended up committing to UMass Amherst. And when I committed to UMass Amherst, um, I saw his name uh, in the questions he sent me earlier. But Will Nickel came to pay me a visit um, and he wanted me to come down to Chicago to the USHL to play for him. Uh, We had a great meeting. I I went down there. Um, I didn't spend the whole season there. It's actually, you know, one of the biggest learning lessons in the USHL because like you mentioned at the time, it was a bit of an unknown entity, especially to the guys from Canada and Ontario. Uh, and I got there and and I can honestly say, you know, I didn't live up to expectations. And, you know, there were certain things that Will wanted of me that I didn't deliver. And, you know, I've never had an opportunity to thank him for that because I learned a lot in that situation. And it's brought more to me as a coach. But that's how I ended up playing uh, in the USHL and the OHL. Because when I came back, I decided that I wanted to go to the OHL and ended up going back and ended up on the Oshawa Generals, not the team that drafted me and had an opportunity to play with John Tavares and Cal Clutterbuck and guys like that. But uh, the USHL, I mean, it's a fantastic league. You know, so many pros are developed there. Um, You know, I honestly believe, you know, I played in the OHL and the USHL, and, you know, there really isn't much difference between the two leagues. The only thing you might not have in the USHL is, you know, the Drew Dowdies and the Bobby Ryans who were drafted and signed, playing in the league at the time—that's the biggest difference between the two. But uh, what a great league, and it was a great experience. I'm going to annoy my
2: host by staying with Chicago for a little bit here. <laughs> were, you,
3: were you guys playing out of Bensonville at the time, the old Blackhawk training facility? We were, we were, okay. and I lived in I lived in Orland Park. Is that correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. right to you. Yeah, yeah I, I lived in Orland part. Park, and we, we it was about an hour drive to the rink every day. Um, oh, wow. And uh, but it was good. It, it was great. Uh, it was like I think at the time it was the Blackhawks practice facility, and like I said, Will and the people in Chicago treated me so well, and uh, I learned a ton there. So if he hears this, you know, it's my opportunity to say thank you.
2: <laughs> One more Chicago question, Nathaniel, and they already know what's coming. Probably, did you have a chance to try Chicago hot dogs <laughs> while you were in Chicago, and did you learn about the cardinal sin of putting ketchup on a hot dog in Chicago?
3: <laughs> Well, you'll. I mean, if it's a cardinal sin, I don't put ketchup on my hot dogs, anyways. Uh, but I, 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 uh, I can't remember <laughs> if I tried hot dogs. I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did. I mean, all. I feel like in the USHL, the bus trips were so long. All the kids, <laughs> yeah. we, we were on the road eating, uh, you know, Eastside Mario's along the highway. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I,
0: I grew up on Eastside Mario's. There you go. Yeah, yeah I'm, from, I'm from Toronto, so. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I I know a lot of the local spots. But I wanted to ask you because, you know, you just talked about some of the non-traditional routes you went in your playing days. And you also went the the Canadian university route, which, you know, a lot of our American audiences aren't as familiar with Canadian university. Why why did you choose that path? And, you know, what can you tell everybody about what that path has to offer as opposed to, you know, American university or just sticking yeah. with it?
3: Well, you know, actually, so you know, so you guys know, and the audience can maybe learn, you know, when you play in the Canadian Hockey League, whether it's the Quebec League, the Western League, or the OHL, you know, you sign and you have your school paid for as well, your Canadian university, because when you sign in the CHL, you lose your NCAA eligibility. So the OHL still takes care of your school; it just comes after your junior career. So when I was done in junior. You know, I, uh, I utilized my school package. I went to York university, which is close by, if you know yep. where Richmond Hill and York yep. university are. Yep. Uh, and I went there and, you know, developed, continued to develop as a player, um, you know, got, you know, a minor pro contract out of it. But like I said, you know, my wife and I started our family early. Uh, and one thing I can say, you know, being a coach now for nine years at the youth sport level, uh, Canadian university, it's a great league where players continue to develop and, you know, we develop pros as well. Um, And it's another unknown entity, especially to people in the USA. But, you know, for instance, we played Ohio state in 2018, the year I think they went to the frozen four and we beat them in their building. Right. So it just gives you kind of a, you know, a vision of what our league looks like. You know, we have players that were drafted to the NHL that were unsigned, but, you know, want to do their school before continuing, you know, their professional, uh aspirations you know it's always nice to do that with a degree in your back pocket so canadian university is awesome and you know hopefully we can uh have it get a little bit more coverage you know it's starting to get there but uh, it's a great product and if you have an opportunity to ever watch a game you should
1: then nathaniel i'm right with you with college hockey as a rule I, I love the development path not just in hockey but it develops young men academically, educationally, and, and just helps them, you know, reach their goals. So going from there, I think it also helps you with what you're doing here, the skill development. You get more time one-on-one with the player at university than maybe you do potentially a junior. So take us from your path from the college hockey to where you are today. How does it get from that to now you're with the Coyotes?
3: Well, I think when I came in last year into the internship program, I think uh, everyone was really – impressed with how I communicate with the players and how I'm able to build relationships with the players. Um, You know, and if we're going to talk about development as a whole, you know, skill development is one thing, obviously that's something that we work on every day with our players, but also, you know, building that relationship and that trust level with them, you know, being a guy that, you know, didn't make it and, you know, drawing from my experiences and, and, you know, talking to our players about the other things that they need to do to become everyday NHLers. I think, uh, my coaching, you know, at the university level, the guys start when they're 20, 21. So I've been coaching men for all this time. Uh, so it's very relatable and players that, you know, came from the same level that our Arizona coyotes prospects are coming from. So it's really, you know, not that different with the, with the type of player that we're dealing with, especially the age the only difference is, you know, we're dealing with the Logan Coolies of the world that went third overall to the NHL, you know, and not many, many people can do that. So I think what I did at the university level is very relatable. Um, and, you know, I'm somebody who has been a skill development coach for all this time, but I've also been a bench coach. So I have both perspectives and I'm able to, you know, help players greatly.
1: And you so and that brings up a good point. I think that's the evolution of hockey now, too, is is you've got that one on one time that I think has been lacking. I think you actually get that better when you're younger in the NHL. It's like, well, give them a head coach and they'll be fine. That one on one time is just absolutely invaluable. Can you tell us what this last week has been with some of the prospects that were just most recently drafted and how that one on one relationship is starting to build?
3: Well, you know, that's what development camp's all about. It's for them to get to know the staff, get to know the organization, obviously get pushed very hard during the week, uh, which they were. Uh, but this week was a great starting point with the new players in the organization. You know, they got to know uh, myself and the other coaches who are here to help them, you know, reach their ultimate goal. And I think that's what it's all about. And this week was our first step to building that trust and, I look forward to the season and and working with all these individuals.
2: Nathaniel, you obviously have to work within a team structure, within what what the the coaching staff wants, what the development staff wants, but maybe what are some of your own philosophies and things that you'd like to bring to this role? How do you see it taking shape under your tutelage?
3: Well, I for sure, you know, the coaching staff and the development staff, we all need to mesh our thoughts together uh, and make sure that we're working towards the same goal. But I'm somebody that believes, you know, if you put in, you know, the work that's necessary, you know, and you're a good teammate and you have a good attitude, you know, you're, you're going to go places. I think the biggest thing, you know, for these prospects is understanding that they need to be positive contributors, you know, to this organization, you know, to be, you know, that everyday NHLer. you know, in terms of skill development, you know, it's a bit of a broad question because there's so many different areas and different philosophies within it. Um, but Coach Bear, you know, and the AHL staff, you know, what they believe in, you know, is right in line with what I believe in. So I think that uh, you know we'll be able to work really well together.
2: Diversity has obviously been a, a topic of much discussion in the NHL over the last few seasons, and I'm not going to ask you to speak for for all minorities looking to crack the coaching ranks, but. From your own experiences, what sort of opportunities? Do you see those opportunities increasing? Um, Are you seeing any roadblocks? What's the league doing well? What could it do better?
3: Well, I think uh, you're definitely seeing more opportunities. I mean, I'm here sitting here with you guys. Um, I think that, you know, as the years go on, you know, you're having more minority players, you know, play the game at a high level at the youth level, right? Um, More players at the junior level more players at the NHL level. I think what you're going to see is that natural progression, you know, into seeing more minority coaches, more minority GMs, more minority front office staff. You know, you're seeing it with Mike Greer. I mean, he was a hell of an NHL player. He's someone that, you know, I can remember watching. I was like 6 or 7 years old, really young. Hopefully Anton doesn't get mad at me for saying this because I've known him for I've known him for a long time, but I remember being a little kid and I had a videotape Uh, and, you know, you pop it in, and it was the year that uh, Mike Greer and Anson Carter were both going for the Hobie Baker, and Anson was at Michigan State, Mike Greer was at BU, and it followed them all season, Uh, and that was a huge inspiration for me, you know, and I think now, with more of us involved in the game, I think it's just a natural progression. I think the league's doing everything they can, uh, you know, to have less roadblocks, um, you know, for a lack of better words, But I I think it's going in the right direction. I love the way the NHL is going with it. And hopefully, you know, I can be an inspiration to the young guys like Anton and Mike Greer were, to me, watching those videos. You know, Kevin Weeks is also somebody, you know, that took me under his wing and, you know, taught me a lot. And I now realize, you know, as an adult, you know, what he was trying to teach me about being a pro every day. And, you know, that's what I'm bringing to this job as well.
0: That's awesome. We talked off the top. Oh, sorry, Petey. We talked off the top that you're back in Toronto right now. Are you going to be in Toronto full-time? Are you going to be in Arizona? What's kind of the day-to-day of this job going to look like for you?
3: So I am going to be, you know, stationed here in Toronto with my family. uh, And I will be traveling out to visit our prospects, you know, to work with them, to check in with their coaches, making sure, you know, that everything's going well on their development curve. I'll also spend time um in Arizona and Tucson you know early days we just got out of development camp I think everyone's taken maybe a couple of days off before we figure out exactly what the fall looks like but that's where I come in you know we have all these draft picks and all these prospects all over the world and I'm somebody that's going to go and travel around and make sure that uh, everything's going well
1: So that brings up the next question that, which is fantastic. We talked about that one-on-one connection with these kids and starting it right from their very first day as a coyote and you've already had your hands on them. So that's fantastic. So can you give us a little insight? We've talked a lot about Logan Cooley and what his skill set is. Can you give us a, a peek behind the curtain on what we can expect from Logan Cooley in the days and years to
3: come? Uh, you can expect a lot of excitement. You know, he's a, he's a new world player, I like to say. You know, he's a player that does things that, you know, myself and I'm sure other guys from my generation can never even fathom even trying. You know, he's that type of player. Wow. Um, and he's a great kid, you know, and I, I don't want to speak too much on his plan. You know, he's going to University of Minnesota, you know, but I think he's got a really, really bright future. Uh, he's a good kid. And I'm excited to uh, be a part of his development. I think it's going to be awesome. And I think Phoenix fans, or sorry, Arizona fans, <laughs> <laughs> should be very excited about Logan Cooley uh, because he's going to be real good.
1: Are you yeah, coming for, back for, for main training camp? Will you be present for all of those? In, in, you yes. Know, the, uh, fantastic. Yeah,
3: So so rookie camp and, you know, all the camps and stuff, you can expect to see me there for those. And, you know, looking forward to meeting you guys in person.
2: Nathaniel, you get one mulligan on that, by the way. After that, you have to put a dollar in the jar every time you say Phoenix.
3: So <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. By the way, this when night, you do your
2: I... when you do your
1: travel schedule I... schedule, try to do Arizona like January, February, and try to yeah. stay away from northern Manitoba <laughs> and Minnesota. <Yeah. laughs> just yeah. a tip. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. For I sure.
0: just have I just have one more for you. You know, obviously, we've talked a bit about your path being at Ryerson now being a skill development coach what are your personal long-term goals do you see yourself becoming an NHL head coach one day what are your goals
3: That's that's the goal you know I've always been one to you know strive for the highest and you know it's something that I've always you know pictured myself doing you know and this is my foot in the door but you know I make no assumption this is my opportunity to prove myself right one step at a time you know i'm here to do the job that the organization needs me to do and you know i've done that for years and things have happened for me so i'm excited for the future i don't know what the future brings but for now uh to be a part of this organization i'm so grateful and i can't wait to be a positive contributor
2: all right nathaniel we can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your day to join us on the show. Well, obviously we'd love to have you back again. Love to meet you in person at some point. Sorry, I wasn't here for development camp. I was, I won't tell people what I was doing. I was having fun in New England. So <laughs> on but vacation. If, great stuff, great insight. Uh, really, really looking forward to talking to you more, but best of luck in this role. And hopefully you get to enjoy some downtime now.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you That's so much.
2: Thank you.
0: Enjoy right, enjoy the nice Toronto weather. I miss <laughs> it so much.
3: <laughs> I will. I will. Okay. Take care.
0: Thank you. All right. Thank you again to Nathaniel Brooks, Arizona Coyote Skill Development Coach, for joining us. Some really great insight. You know, I was really curious about what the role is and how yes. he got there. It was such a cool, you know, path for him, unique, a little bit different. So um, lots of great insight and also just excited to see his his future career path unfold.
2: Yeah, and Petey, we were talking about this with him, but I think a lot of people might not know how that role takes shape. And I don't know if anyone's surprised that he's going to be based in Toronto, but that's that's kind of how it goes because you want to be able to get to the prospects. He's going to be bouncing around a lot to do, as as you talked about, that one-on-one work. Um, he may be based in Toronto, but he's going to be traveling a lot. And again, it's it's about... Meeting with the the prospects one on one, whether that's on the ice, uh, you know, having a bite to eat, or or sometimes, it, of course, it'll be over video. They'll do a lot of video work as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's you know it starts as a development role job. That's what it is. It's yep. you get these guys started at the right path right when you get them in your organization and you want to make sure they're getting the same message from the same person. So it's going to involve a lot of travel, but you will see him, like he said, he's going to be in Tucson and he'll be in, in, in Arizona. One of the problems at the NHL level and trying to do this, well, why isn't he there every day? Well, the schedule in the NHL is so tight and so difficult to get practice time as it is that when you do finally get a full day of practice, you have so many things to work on. And unfortunately some of that one-on-one skill type work just there's no time Mm -hmm. you've got to work on your power play first you got your penalty kill first the time you get that one-on-one skill development time is actually in the off season that's where you're going to see much more of that time where you get that one-on-one individual time so i think i'm not surprised that he's going to be out of toronto i think that that probably this is more of in the development world but but as you heard, he'll be all over it. I'm excited about him. He, he's a he's a sharp guy, and I went and looked at some of his hockey playing career. Like I, I'm excited to have him as part of this whole rebuild. I think it's a it's a great hire, and um, just see where this job and Nathaniel go in the future. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, really exciting. Um, PD on Friday, you stepped in and did the DraftKings pick of the week because Sean was on vacation.
1: Yeah, what? Well, and how
0: did you do, PD? <laughs>
1: Did you see how I did?
0: You were o for two on your two picks. Wow. Okay, yeah. to be fair, but my second
1: be- pick was a was a was a I wasn't. But my first pick, I thought he got sixth. He got sixth. I picked him top five. So like, was he close. Justin
0: Johnson to finish in the top five, top five, and five. Rory McIlroy to win. And to you win. know what? You were kind of on the path like early well, Saturday. It was, it was it was looking close. good.
1: Yeah, it was close. Yeah, but close in betting isn't. A good
0: Yeah, thing. it's not. Good so
1: don't pass. let me do it
2: anymore. Yeah, well, don't it's a okay.
1: pause. Sh- Sean's, Sean's back. Get away from Buffalo and get back to work. Yeah, <laughs> listen to me sitting from Minnesota. By the way, we're sitting we went here in Minnesota. We went to um, I live on a in, uh, across the street from a lake and there's a resort there with an outdoor bar that overlooks the lake and there's people water skiing and playing in the water and so on there's lakes in minnesota yeah there's a few and the people i was with go oh my goodness it's really hot (laughs) it was hot because we were outside on the on the patio and it's like it's like 84 like really (laughs) like this is hot Uh, and i was with my son and my wife and we were just laughing like no buddy not hot not hot so i heard it's hot there and i'm i might Postpone my return for a little bit because it's a yeah. little too warm there.
0: it's, it's yeah, that's all right. Yeah, it's pretty hot. I'm like your betting streak. Sorry to throw that in your I face. Know. That streak, <laughs> like a my DraftKings,
1: so. my DraftKings sportsbook app pick of the week did not hit. But it was closely. I it tried. did
0: not hit, but I did advise people to pick against you. So hopefully they listened. <laughs> um And if you want to listen to to Sean's picks rather than pd's you can do so with the DraftKings sportsbook app. Be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code PHNX, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And we've been talking a lot about development. Um, Nathaniel mentioned Tucson, and there's been a... Shake up in Tucson because today it was announced that Tucson Roadrunners head coach Jay Verity has been hired by the Detroit Red Wings as an assistant coach so he will not be returning to Tucson. Really exciting for him to get um, another NHL assistant opportunity. PD, I know you touched base with Jay this morning. Any thoughts on this? You move? know
1: I, I'm not surprised he's 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 a guy that you knew was going to be back in the NHL at some point in his career. Um, he's a guy that works hard. He's, he is a hockey guy and, and he just wants to coach. He he, he can be fine in the USHL all the way to the NHL. He wants to teach players and, and, and kids. So for him to make it back to the NHL, I'm really happy for him. He's at an original six team that I think is ramping up. I think they're going to have a, you know, they're on the path to winning. Um, I told him to bring a jacket because it's going to be a little colder than Tucson. He's extremely excited. And, thanked everybody in this organization had nothing but great things to say about both the coyotes and the Roadrunners. um you know it, it's always hard to leave something like that that you've started to build but he's very excited to, to get started in detroit and he did say um he'd be glad to join the show in the next um, yeah, he's, they say he's gonna miss
2: us Told, told like, going to miss been, PHN
1: activity. He's shows, been
0: so. on our show, show more than any yep. other guest.
2: Yeah. He true. is
0: the, the most Friend reoccurring the guest on our show of all time. So, so
2: a couple of thoughts on this. I, I, I'm sure that some people were wondering, well, why wasn't he promoted in Arizona? And yeah, that's a fair question. He did spend a year on Rick Tockett's bench. You know, he was helping Corey Stillman run the PK. He was doing a lot of that one on one stuff that we talked about. I know he was like an analytics liaison as well. I think what often happens with NHL staffs, Petey, you know this, head coaches hire their own guys, right? So at, I know there's an assistant coaching opening with Phil Housley having left. That's probably what Andre's looking at. He's probably looking at hiring somebody with whom he has a relationship. You understand that. You you like to give guys that sort of control. Having said that, I think Jay Verity is going to be a, a big asset to the Detroit Red Wings um, I think Rick Tockett even spoke on his behalf with Steve Iserman, uh, put in a good word for him. I'm glad to see him get this opportunity. As for what happens with Tucson, we'll have to wait and see. Of course, Steve Potfen coached the team that one season that Jay was up here with the Coyotes. Wouldn't be surprised if he got to reprise that role, but there's been no official announcement yet. So we'll just see how all of these uh, how these two positions play out.
1: Yeah, it's been interesting because both Steve Potvin and John Slaney have been there for a long time. Potsey took over the role as head coach when he's gone, like you mentioned. Um, I will wait and see the path. I mean, if Bill didn't Bill didn't necessarily have anything to do with his hands-on in the American League at that time. Maybe he puts a stamp on it, um, brings somebody of, of his own choosing in there. I, I don't know. I know um, that the coaching staff there is well thought of here in Arizona. Both Potvin and Slaney have been for years. Um, so, Time will tell, and we'll just wait and see what happens down there. It's going to be an important role, though, being the head coach of this Tucson Roadrunner team as it continues to go through the rebuild and these players yeah. are going through that program. It's going to be important that they have the right guy, and we'll wait and see if that, if that is Steve poffin
0: Yeah, it's really exciting to see um, with some opportunities, and I touched on this on Friday when we talked about Nathaniel's hiring, but just to get, you know, new coaches in and maybe a youth movement and more Mm -hmm. diverse coaches. So it's really exciting to see and we'll see, you know, I'm sure before the season starts, we'll have the Roadrunners head coach and the Coyotes assistant coach slots filled. So more to come on that. It's exciting. Um, And then another piece of Coyotes news, because we still have Coyotes news for now. And then I'm sure as we get into August, it will just be crickets, perhaps. (laughs) But, you know, um, Lawson Krauss is going to salary arbitration. Yeah. Craig, can you kind of break down the situation and what's happening with Lawson Krauss?
2: Yeah, I wrote about it the other day. They do seem to be a little bit apart on dollar amounts. It's not unusual. I I wouldn't get freaked out about it. Um, it it sounds like they both are looking at maybe a a mid length term deal of maybe five years, but, but there are, you know, there's, there's always a variance. Um, the team usually sets a low offer. The, the agent usually sets a high offer. And then at some point they meet in the middle arbitration hearings are coming up. Um, we should know a date on Lawson Krause within the next day or two, but often as, as you see with arbitration, the player doesn't get to arbitration. They are able to work out a deal before the hearing ever takes place. That's possible in this situation. We'll wait and see how it played out. I mean, Austin Krause had a a breakout season last year. He was looking forward, as he told us many times to the opportunity of getting more minutes, a greater role. And he really took advantage of it. He scored 20 goals in only 65 games. He had uh, a career high in ice time. He did a lot of things well. And aside from that, Lawson Krause is is the person that he is. I mean, so well respected for his work ethic. He's he's more of a low key guy. He's not he's not the bubbly guy like a Christian Fisher who we love on the show as well. But he's really well respected, really well liked by his teammates. A lot of people look at him and say, "Here's a guy who could wear a letter at some point for this team." So we'll we'll wait and see how this plays out. But I I wouldn't be freaked out about the fact that it's gone to arbitration. This has happened before.
1: Yeah, and I, I, think, I think Lawson-Kraus is going to end up an Arizona Coyote. I, I'm not concerned about that at all. The one thing that interests me about the arbitration process, and it's always struck me as difficult or funny or ironic, is you go into this hearing yep. and the team is going to try to say that the Lawson-Kraus is not as good as Lawson-Kraus thinks he is in court. And Lawson's going to say that he's better than the team thinks he is. And they're going to argue about it. Now, that, that dynamic to me is so odd in the world of sports and then when the judge comes back and they go here's the deal they're all both gonna go oh great we're so happy (laughs) happy you're back (laughs) yeah you suck your numbers aren't as good as you think you are you don't get oh welcome back can't wait to have you i've always (laughs) found that to be so strange that you, you you sit and i'm telling you it can get vicious oh this number isn't right and he doesn't produce this and he can't do that and he it's vicious. And then all of a sudden, Oh, but we really want you here. It's a really strange dynamic. I hope for everyone's sake, it doesn't actually get to the arbitration hearing. That's why you I don't hope, want it to get
2: to that. Yeah, point. yeah.
1: I hope they get it done before then. And, and I still, you've seen this, Craig, you've seen people right outside the arbitration hearing room, get a deal done. Like it, it can go right up to the 11th hour and they can get a deal done. And I'm, you know, there's still plenty of time to get something done before they walk in the doors of arbitration hearing. So let's hope that does just because it's a really messy process and let's hope that they can get a deal done. But regardless, I still believe Lawson cross will be a kite.
2: And just for people's to, just to remember the details, an arbitrator can only award a one or two year deal. And this is player elected salary arbitration. So I think my, I, I think if I remember this correctly, it's the team that can choose at that point, since the player elected salary arbitration. So if the Coyotes were to take a two-year deal with Lawson Kraus, after that, he's a free agent. He's an unrestricted free agent, so that all plays into the negotiations here as well. Some people may look at the number two and say, "Well, you know, based on comparables, three three point five makes sense for Lawson." But when you're asking for five years, when you're when you're taking up some years of unrestricted free agency. That number generally goes up because you're going to make more money on the open market, so you have to bump that number up. Maybe it's somewhere in the fours when it's all said and done. We'll see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, I don't want it to get to a place where Lawson Krauss becomes the UFA because yeah. I really see him as a part of this team's future. Kind of the
2: whole family, actually. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's. Butter, Claire. I, I mean,
0: mean, yeah, absolutely. And,
2: and congrats to, to Lawson and Claire for their engagement. Yeah, and congrats, Paris, congrats
0: to way. Liam O'Brien on his that's wedding right. over yeah, the yeah. weekend in the Czech Republic. Um, So lots of exciting things for Coyotes this summer. But yeah, I, you know. Coyotes Lawson, couples. Coyotes couples. But, it, you, you know, when you think of Lawson Krause, you think of him as a part of this team's future. He's one of the players that's really committed to seeing the rebuild through. So I hope it gets to a point where he gets that, you know, both the team and he get the deal that he wants. Cause I think fans also really love Lawson cross. So we want to see him in a coyotes Jersey for a long time. So hopefully everyone ends up happy. Could be a big summer for him. Get a, getting a new deal engaged, you know, we'll see. Um, PD, what do you know when you're coming back from Minnesota yet?
1: I do. I have a plan, but it's, it's going to be a big You're just not going to tell it with us? us buddy. Probably not. Okay. You know, I'll be back. I'll be back in the, arizona two weeks from today
0: okay well that's a bummer for you because that means you're going to be missing no our wednesday. wednesday at four wednesday. peaks next wednesday july 27th all of the phnx shows will be streaming live at four peaks we did this last month it was such a blast met a ton of listeners um, and we'll be doing it again we do it the last wednesday of every month so july 27th next wednesday we will be doing our show live at four peaks brewing company and I guess it'll just be me and Craig but it's know,
2: gonna be a really tough day for me too Why?
0: really tough day for oh, me if you can't drink because I
2: cannot <gasps> drink alcohol right now because the day after that show you know where I'm going Petey I'm going yeah. under the knife buddy uh, going on the IR is <laughs> yeah. that LTIR
1: I don't know what that is we'll see <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> depends on the procedure well
0: it's okay I'll drink enough for all three of us <laughs>
1: I feel have, so uh, bad for Leah because she has to deal with you like this and can't drink. Well, she, well, she can drink, so it, actually she'll be okay. Maybe that's and not she, a deal with it. As soon as you go off into the IR, then I'll be back. Like, she doesn't get a break from us ever. Like, we should let her go away for a week.
0: I'm, I'm going away at the end of next month.
1: Are you? Yeah. Oh, I was just kidding. Don't go. <laughs> like,
0: no. That's when it's
1: really going to fall apart. <laughs> I know. Oh, no. Greg and I? Oh, no.
0: <laughs> well, we hope oh. you'll join us next week at Four Peaks. I'm really excited. I'll drink everyone's favorite beer on behalf of, of our beat. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll ta- take water. I'll, I'll take one for the team if I must <laughs> drink three beers on a Wednesday. Has it been work. voted
1: on yet? Is, is, the, is the outcome determined what our favorite beer is?
0: Oh, like as a, as a beat? Yeah. No, let's talk about that off air and, and we'll, okay. we'll come back. Yeah, we'll come back yeah. with that one. Because we all have different beer tastes. But if you, if you want to come, you don't have to be 21 to come. You don't have to be 21 to go to Four Peaks Restaurant. You do have to be 21 to drink and enjoy responsibly. Are there any final thoughts before we head out?
2: No, just uh, I'm going to be sending you guys photos of me on my walker. <laughs> That's going to amuse you. I do will say this though,
1: I I did get a chance to see something Leah posted last night um from Montreal. Oh yes. That was a lot of fun. Is there more of that content available anywhere from the draft, Leah?
0: (laughs) Well, any draft content you can find on our Twitter, our YouTube, and go phnx.com. Tons of written content. Craig had more I mean, Craig always has stories. So if you want to read them, you gotta become a member. EchoPhnx.com. Join our members-only Discord. We were talking about arbitration in there already. So um, tons of great conversation in the Discord and becoming a member. You get members' deals on merchandise. You can get a shirt from the locker when you sign up for an annual membership. You can try your first month, just 50 cents if you want to just try it out. If you missed the video, if you were at the Four Peaks Draft Party, there's tons of great footage. I wasn't at the Four Peaks Draft Party, but I felt like I was there watching that video. Yeah,
2: that was cool to see actually in yeah, the video. Great video. I, did, I got a sense of what it was like.
0: Yeah. So if you missed seeing that video, check out check it out on Twitter at PHNX underscore coyotes. Shout out to Jacob and Shane for their work on that one. It was really cool to see. And also Craig, you can see Craig literally kiss the sidewalk in yes. Montreal. When we like,
2: finally arrived after our travel <laughs> trials. You can also see uh, you know what my future looks like when I'm Sitting on a park bench with Jacob feeding pigeons. <laughs>
1: I was dying away. on
0: Twitter. Everyone's saying it looked like the, a sitcom. <laughs> you and Jacob sitting on a bench. <laughs> oh, man. Anything coming out on the website you want to We'll see. Promo? Okay. We'll see.
2: I'm having some conversations today. It's the off season. I can't can't promise anything yet. But
0: but lots of great I want to write
2: comments. more on development. I'm curious where this path goes. And now it becomes, as we just talked about, it becomes more relevant because there's this sudden influx of prospects so it becomes very important for the coyotes not that it wasn't before but there are a lot of key prospects in the system well well,
0: now it's game time because you know last year they just had to suck Mm -hmm. and that was it and nobody (laughs) had but seriously but no one had any expectations it's just let's suck we'll get to the draft but now the first draft of the rebuild has happened so now they really have to you know put their resources into developing these prospects because that's how it's going to pay off in the future so it's exciting Exciting. Um, All right. Well, that's it for us today. We have a lot of great guests lined up this week. Catherine Silverman will be joining us on Wednesday to talk some goaltending, the goaltending carousel. And then we'll be joined on Thursday on our audio episode by... Hart Levine is his name.
2: Runs Puckpedia.
0: Founder of Puckpedia. I use Puckpedia all the time. Me so too. excited to, you know, find out a little bit more about that. We'll have another Trade Talk Tuesday episode tomorrow and then Friday. You never know what to expect on Friday. It's going to be fun. I can tell you that. You
2: don't want to tell him? Petey's going to miss it.
0: That's true. Sorry, Petey. Yeah, you can tell him. Why don't you
2: Sorry, tell? Petey. We're doing a burger taste test. <laughs> <laughs> Casual burger taste test that you're going to miss. It's not we're, not, we're not talking Burger King or McDonald's. No, or, you're talking burgers. Like you know, burgers. There, I know there are certain people that will, will eat that sort of trash, but. You are, know, you, I, are you looking
0: I, at Sean? No, constantly? no. What?
3: what I'm, no. I eat it and I'm proud. Well, I, I don't know. Proud's <laughs> maybe not the right word, but I eat it and I'm not ashamed.
2: I'm ashamed. <laughs> There's a big no. distinction between those two things. No, we're, we're looking at more fast, casual burgers. So I'll bring in five choices and. You know, we'll let Sean taste them to see what he's been missing all these years. i It's not like I strictly eat McDonald's. I was just at Shake Shack last week. It's Shake Shack, five guys. Like, I i can—I appreciate a good burger. It's just sometimes it's midnight and I, I need food.
0: We can determine the best one. How about that? Petey, you're missing some fun. No, I'm just trying to figure out
1: how, because I'll be driving. It's another one of those days I'm spending eight hours in the car and I'm just trying to figure out where I might be able to stop along the way and maybe join you. Unfortunately on an on a freeway roadside burger joint probably isn't gonna be a high end spot, Craig. Just probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but I, I could sit in the McDonald's parking lot and somewhere outside St. Cloud or Minneapolis. We'll see. I'm not oh, saying never. I can join for a five minutes and have a burger in the parking lot. I right mean, now. Five
2: Guys is a Midwestern brand, right?
1: I just don't know so, if what? you're going to see many of them off the freeway, Craig. And I'm not taking a half hour off the freeway to get a Five Guys. Just saying.
0: But, but, Petey, you did join us, like, outside of some porta-potties at the playoffs. So it, I mean so now, it really.
1: can't get
2: worse. I'm not sensing your commitment level here, you know? No, I know. I, I do.
1: <laughs> it, I, I can see a good burger, though. That now I'm excited about that. So <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry I'm, gonna I sorry I'm going to miss it. I'm sorry I'm going to miss it. This well, I appreciate everybody there being patient with me and let me take some time here. It's It's been a... i i I really uh thank everybody so
0: no two well i mean we're here five days a week no matter what so be sure to subscribe to the PHNX sports youtube channel so you don't miss a show we're live at 11 a.m on wednesday and friday audio episodes tuesday and thursday be sure to like and subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast please it's very helpful and follow us on twitter at PHNX underscore coyotes that's where it all goes down until next time (laughs) i was gonna say tomorrow yeah till tomorrow we'll talk to everyone tomorrow enjoy the rest of your monday and uh see you then